Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. Who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How's it going today, Steph? Great. I'm much better than I was last week. Yay. Yay. As am I. My allergies have cleared up. Oh, good. Yeah. We're both feeling chipper. Exactly. Speaking Excellent. of Speaking of healing, uh, your new book is up for pre-order. Oh. Healing from Toxic Relationships. So people can go. La, 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 Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. How's the weather your way? Good. It's getting hot. So yeah. we have to kind of monitor our dog walking times. Yeah, but we got a puppy. So yeah. That's kind of exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Brittany puppy. Yep. So he's been running around and being wild and... Living, uh, best, life. Hmm? living yep, the best, living life, best life, living the best life, puppy life. Yep, I'm mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah, it's starting to get a little warmer. It's uh, 59 Fahrenheit or 15 uh, Celsius, so it's oh. starting to get a little warmer. It's still a little chilly, but yeah. like I had to go run an errand today and I wore some shorts, so it's sh- I mean, that seems, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Even then, like, I was, I was, uh, I went for a bit of a walk because it was, like, one of those things where I'm, like, well, I could drive, but I could also oh, just fine. walk. Especially gas prices mm-hmm. nowadays are so expensive. Like, Oh, yeah. I've actually been trying to walk more just because it's, like, to fill up a tank of gas nowadays, like, takes quite a bit, so. Um, How much is your gas right now? Like, what's your, like, lowest price gas? Uh, well, I want to say it's, like, 220 or... 229 a liter i want to say i'm trying to convert liters to gallons because we do gallons liters to imperialist to gallons i mean it is expensive um i think yours is probably more than ours right well i think like one liter is like a quarter of a gallon okay yeah so yeah that is more expensive okay so you're talking like eight dollars a gallon yeah yeah yeah, so even cool. more than that, yeah. like almost nine dollars a, a gallon. So. So yeah, you walk. <laughs> I totally get that. That's wow. Well, like I like yeah, it's just it's the nature of the beast nowadays. Like I love to drive, mm-hmm. but nowadays, like even our government was saying, like make choices on when you drive. Like, do you have to drive to this mm-hmm. place, or can you walk or take transit? So. I, you know, some people took that little umbrage are like, well, how dare you? I love to drive. But I'm like, no, like, that's fair. How like, much money you want to spend then? Yeah. Like, reality is, is that, you know, if I want to go to, like, a store that's, like, five blocks away, I could probably walk there, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, not that far. It's good exercise. Yep. And your weather's pretty nice, so why not? Yeah, so it's been nice in a way, just, like, getting out and getting a little bit more exercise and yeah saving money on the gas and all that which is always great good for you thank you uh 
something that uh, maybe not as great. The end of Gilmore Girls season six. It's <laughs> yeah. Gilmore Girls is getting. Can see where season seven is like it. It is as you predicted. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is though is like I think I end season six a little bit low. Like my view on it is a little lower than I initially than when I last watched it. I think because oh. it seems like the, a lot of the storylines in this season kind of just go in circles a lot. Like the whole April yeah. and um, Lorelai and Luke's storyline. Like it's like you're waiting for the relationship to hit that major road bump and for it to end, but it doesn't like, it just kind of goes on for quite right. a while until you get to this episode mm -hmm. where things finally happen. So it almost feels like it's right. kind of dragging its heels more or less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like throwing extra things in and yeah. Same thing with like Taylor's and hmm? same thing with like the Logan and Rory thing. Like, oh, Logan's got to be responsible. He's gonna have to go take control of his dad's yeah, company. Him. Like, we kind of wait all season for that, and then he kind of has to do it anyways. And it's so it's like, I don't know. It feels like with season it's six, like it doesn't feel like there's much purpose to all of it compared to like <laughs> even seasons through one, two, three, and four, where like. Yeah, there, there's things going on, but there's also stuff to kind of keep it interesting, so you're not too yeah, distracted direction. on the overall yeah. plot. So, and like I told you, I didn't realize this was when I watched it on Netflix because you know I'm a first time viewer. I didn't realize that this was the ending episode of season yeah. six because I wouldn't have really realized otherwise. And mm -hmm. it dragged, which a finale should never drag. <laughs> no. And season one dragged more, so or season seven. Um, Episode one dragged more, but yeah. So when you yeah. told me it was the last one, I'm like, really? Because it just seemed it like there's a lot of filler for finale. Yeah, compared to like the season four finale, where like that's my favorite is the one where they have the end opening and you've got Luke and mm -hmm. Lorelai finally kissing. And you've got the stuff with Dean right. and Rory. Like, one. there's a lot going on, and it's like you. That's like to... the peak, right? Sorry. That's like the peak, right? Would be yeah. like season four finale yeah yeah i think so i think after season four it's like it kind of goes a little downhill after that but um yeah so anyways uh yeah we're here to talk about the finale to uh season six uh, pulling up the episode title here because it eludes me a little bit partings that's 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 the one partings that's appropriate yeah and there was a lot of partings going on, people partying left and right. So, um, yeah, I I think too for this whole season, like season six, we haven't even had that much to talk about. I notice our episode times get a little shorter because it's like, how many times can we talk about Paul Anka or, right? You know, there's not a lot of mystery to it. Yeah, and then there's stuff that just kind of doesn't make sense yeah and to talk about it would not make sense either <laughs> so. trying to remember was this the episode where they put in no i think it was this uh season seven episode one where they put in the traffic camera oh yeah yep. yeah there's like a lo lot of like weird little storylines so right um but yeah what is this episode uh even about well the big thing is of course that uh, 
yeah, we've been kind of, I think, waiting for the moment where you knew that Lorelai and Luke were gonna, were gonna hit a big snag in their relationship. Like things were kind of getting tense between them for a while, um, and uh, yeah, like I think it's like Luke is looking for Lorelai for most of this episode. Like he's kind of trying to find her, and like she's hiding from him. So. Yeah. Which added kind of unnecessary drama. And it just kind of felt like, like, I understand it's awkward and all that, but, like, why are you, like, hiding from him? Like, And they live in a small town. Like, what yeah. how many options do you have? Yeah. Um, and doesn't, uh, things aren't made easier with the, the reintroduction of Christopher, who, um... <laughs> Oh, why not christopher well, yeah why not um yeah and at first it works uh it's being played as like there's a setup between christopher and some woman that uh emily's trying to hook him up with at a and then laura harden yeah yeah and uh lorelei and rory are at the dinner too and they're kind of watching this whole setup go down and then um yeah, Christopher and, and Lorelai talk, and, you know, like, the sparks are there between them, or at least I think that's what Lorelai thinks. I don't know, part of me is like, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I don't find Christopher charming at all. He kind of has this, like, nervous energy right. to him that kind of seems unsettling. I don't know, I, yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it, it, I would think it would put some people on edge. That's exactly, like, I feel like if I were to be with, like, real-life Christopher, I'd be on edge. I'd be like, I don't know about this. Yeah, because energy's kind of off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, eventually, Lorelai decides that she's she was wrong to let Luke kind of keep postponing the wedding. And she just kind of decides that she just wants to, like, get... Um, What's the word? It's like just married on the spot. No real ceremony elope. or anything. Yeah, elope. She just wants to elope. And she's like, let's just do it now. Thinking this is going to fix things. Yeah. What she says. Yeah. And she's like just wanting to do it. And Luke's kind of kind of feeling rushed and all this. And you can tell he doesn't quite like the idea of just being rushed into that. So. You know, kind of yeah, he's it. a man that likes to take his time thinking about stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is and, fair. And she's very impulsive, so. Yeah. Hmm? I, th I think that you hit the nail on the head there, yeah. Like, she's very, like, let's go, let's go. And he's like, no, let's take mm -hmm. the time and, like, think about things. Right. Um, but, yeah, they ultimately decide that uh, they're, they're going to not be together. Well, at least Lorelai does because mm -hmm. she's she's hoping that. Luke's gonna go with her. And I think, like, April enters the equation, too. Like, uh, Luke mentions how... Right. It, like, he has to think about April, and Lorelai's like, well, it's not how, like, we have to fit into April's life. It's how April has to fit into our life, or something like that. Right. So. And he says something like, no, or that's... And then she brings up that Anna told her that getting engaged, like, basically, that getting engaged is not real because anybody can get engaged. And so Lorelai's been carrying that around for a while. And yeah. so she brings that up and, and he's like, when did you talk to Anna? 
you know, so he's, so it's like Luke's developed this kind of different life apart from her. Yes. And, and I think the analogy that she gave, I think it's in this episode when she talks to Sookie and she's like, I feel like he's, he's got, um, I'm trying to get in the passenger seat and I'm tied to the bumper instead or something. Yeah. I thought that was a really good analogy for how she felt. And I actually, I see how she feels. Like it doesn't feel totally mm-hmm. disingenuine. Like, Right. I get it. She wants to feel more like she's not just along with the ride, but she's, you know, co-pilot. And um, right. Right. she's not quite doing that. So. No. And, uh, Which, granted, I mean, that can be a big change for him. To mm-hmm. also have a kid. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we end the episode with uh, Lorelai waking up with Christopher. So. Hey, Christopher. Oh, boy. Uh, There's a few other things, too. Uh, Logan graduated from Yale, so Rory threw him a party. But and she confronts Mitch Hunsberger. Yeah, which I thought was great because I like, I like how she takes it so personally, and he's just like, I don't really care, to be honest. Right, right, right. I, I thought that was actually a great scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, he's just... He's like, whatever. He kind of treats her like, oh, you're flavor of the month, kind of. You know what I mean? Or just like, that's not my issue. I you know? almost and took it, it like, I... like, he's got so much else going on. Like, I don't, I actually believe right. him when he's like, I don't really have, like, the mental space to be dealing with this. Like, I've got so much other stuff. Right. Like, Which is kind of a diss, but it's also true. <laughs> yeah, like, but for Rory, it's the opposite. Like, she she's got all this time and of course like in her eyes it's such a big deal but like to him right. like he's got other things he's got like it was it came across as very immature for rory at least in my eyes um right and she's confronted him before yeah um, about you know seeing him in the hospital and stuff and you think that that would have come up at some point or he would have said you know i understand like i came to the hospital and you told me to and blah blah blah. but he doesn't even acknowledge that it's just that she's so insignificant in his life yeah. because he's had this planned out for his kid for, probably since he was born mm-hmm. so yeah so it kind of kind of gives rory a rude awakening as to what her role is in that family yeah um so yeah and then yeah uh logan goes off to london so you know not quite the end of their relationship but uh you know definitely they're going to be spending some time apart in the near future so is this the episode where paris was like what are you you didn't have the discussion and paris is like kind of she's giving her some facts but she's also kind of cruel about it I think it might have been this episode, yeah. I remember Paris popping up for a little bit, but I was grabbing a drink, so I was like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'll use this time to take a break. Yeah. Uh, this episode was written by both Amy Sherman and Daniel Palladino. Kind of a tradition in their episodes, right? I think Amy, Amy does write most of the episodes, but it's worth noting that this was the last episode that they wrote uh, and directed for the regular series. So, and do, do we know what happened? Why they didn't do season seven? Was that their choice, or was it a conflict with the producers? Or yeah, um, 
I I'm not entirely sure. I think it might have been like a simple like contract issue or mm-hmm. you know something like that pay um mm-hmm. but yeah they basically this is the last episode up until of course the revival a year in the life where they write so you know obviously now in 2022 we know that they made that revival but yeah i mean before that most people just kind of knew like this was this was pretty much it for uh amy sherman paladino um gilmore girls so um yeah so i think that was part of uh, the reason why they both wrote it was probably because i think they both knew that this was going to be their last episode so they threw a wrench in at the end yeah we'll make the make it really hard for the writers of season seven to deal with this right <laughs> like here here's something out of left field yeah okay um who was your favorite and least favorite performance from this episode? My best was Melora Harden as a therapist. And we'll talk about the therapist role in the psych section, but yeah. um, I thought she did a good job. And I, I just really like her. She was in the office. And I think also to, um, transparent. I can't think of any of that show. Um, but I just really like her. She, and, was in uh, the, she was in Dirty Dancing, I want to say, too. Oh, she was? Really? Yeah she played i'm trying to remember now let me let's see if she wasn't up. she wasn't the blonde character that had the abortion because because that's cynthia something uh oh she played her in the tv series oh interesting she okay. played baby i saw dirty dancing that was really like, but yeah she played baby in the tv series huh so she can dance too okay. yeah She's in one of the best episodes of TV, I think, which is The Office. It's um, Dinner Party. So if you ever, you could probably watch it out of sequence and just watch Dinner Party. You've never seen The Office US, mm-hmm. and it's a great episode. Yeah. So, and she is, she's great, and she's so passive-aggressive. Um, and the worst I said, I actually, I, Christopher is just like an assumed worst. So I didn't, I didn't connect with Rory in this one. Yeah. I don't know why. I think Rory is a little too simple in this episode. Like, she's pining for Logan, and, like, she was doing that accent, which, I don't know, I I think she would, like, under most normal circumstances, go, yeah, it's a little cringe, that's a little weird. Um, I think it's supposed, I think it's supposed to be. Yeah. But at the same time, you're kind of like, well, are you supposed to be nailing it? I don't, I don't... Mm. Yeah. It's a cute idea, but mm-hmm. um, for best, I was actually gonna say Mitchum because I again I liked how he delivered, but mm-hmm. he's like, I, like I don't, I don't really care. Like it, it's like, I don't not, even think about yeah, yeah. Like it's like for like Rory, this has been like a huge part of her arc for this season is trying to contend with the mm-hmm. fact that what Logan did or what uh, Mitchum did, right? And to him, he's like. Like didn't even enter my orbit, like not at like all. You're, like you're you're a piece of sweater lint. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of reminds me of the scene of Mad Men where um, I think it's is Don Draper and Pete, um, or is it Peter? Who's the guy that? Well, there was the uh, scene with the one the guy who was like a copywriter or something, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the he's... one that the one that um that wound up being schizophrenic. Yeah, yeah, and he says something like, 
he like confronts Don about something, and Don's like, I just don't think about you at all. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's just like a total even, like, like the way Mitchum said it didn't even seem overly mean spirited. Like, no, it was just like, eh. like very matter of factly. Like, like yeah. yeah, and I thought he did a great job. I mean, Greg Henry is a great oh, actor. Yeah. He um, really is. Yeah, but also too, like there was a lot of fun little troubadour. Uh, we didn't really talk about the troubadour thing, but that was a subplot. Oh yeah, there, there are a ton of them. Bunch, bunch of troubadours now. But you had like Mary Lynn uh, Rashkub. She played uh, one of the, one of the, uh, temporary ones, and like she's been in like stuff like Twenty Four. I think Twenty Four was the big. Yeah. She played Chloe in that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, this, there was like a lot of like cool little um, people just popping up in this episode, which I thought right. was fun. Also, it's just great to have this idea of like all these town troubadours. Like, if you look at the credits, mm-hmm. there was a ton of even the um, the woman who wrote the Gilmore Girls theme song, Sam Phillips. She played one of the troubadours too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. So, so it's kind of like it's kind of like the Paladino's kind of love letter to the show, I guess. Yeah, I... yeah. Or like, I think you know. The troubadour is kind of part of the charm of the show too, right? Like I think I know you like them a lot, yeah. Yeah, well, even like when you think of like the aesthetic of the show, like the idea of the troubadour, mm-hmm. it's there. So the small town charm, yeah, yeah. Um, so but yeah, uh, best was Mitchum. Worst, I mean, I want to say Christopher, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I also I'm, I'm gonna say uh, Lorelai, Lauren Graham. I mm, mm-hmm. like it felt like she was being a little too frantic and a little too scatterbrained even by her standards yeah. like it right. wasn't believable that she would be that extreme right you know? we know she's impulsive but still that was over the top it was impulsive right? it was like to she... the point where you're like oh like you're this is not good at all it almost seemed like she's in a manic episode, and we haven't yes. seen that before from her. So mm-hmm. we've seen her be impulsive, but not to that extent. And if you're going to do something like that, there should have been more to build that up. It kind of felt right. like that performance. Kind of like felt sabotaging it. Hmm? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, it just kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. So it's like she was giving an ultimatum because she knew he couldn't fulfill it. Yes. Yeah. So. Because I, I kind of side with him on that. It's like, you know, it's coming out of left field, so give him time to think about it. Because, again, like we talked about, he's not a spontaneous guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like, she knew what she was doing when she was putting him in that scenario, which mm-hmm. I was like, ugh. But that's why, like, even though, like, Luke's got some faults, I, I still think um, that... Uh, Lorelai had quite a bit of blame on her, so. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. We got uh, favorite reference. Do you have a favorite reference from this episode? Um, I it's not a favorite, but just um, when Taylor's talking about with the troubadours, he's gonna use water hoses and dogs. Um, that goes back to um. Uh, the civil rights marches. Dogs and water hoses were used against uh, people marching for civil rights mm. in the U.S. and then also against anti-Vietnam War protesters. Um, and well, actually, that's that doesn't I didn't say that right, but Vietnam War protesters. So I just thought I was like, you know, that brings up a really dark time of U.S. history. 
Um, so it was kind of like he's just kind of saying it flippantly. So I, I think that I think he's got a little, uh, some sociopath in him. And that was kind of like, yep, of course you would think that that was, you know, of course you would think that was an appropriate way of dealing with the troubadours. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like it's of course, of course you think that that cruel way of dealing with people is part of the, you know, would be appropriate. Um, so it kind of fit his character. Um, and I like the, in the London, uh, party, they have a little clip of, uh, don't sleep in the subway, but Tula Clark. And there's, um, if you watch the show lost, one of her songs, is like pivotal moment in the show. So, yeah. Um, there was like a really weird reference, but I kind of liked it. Um, one of the troubadours said to Taylor, can you say BTK? Uh, which is a reference oh, to, yeah. to the BTK killer. Which, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. look if you look at photos of the BTK killer and you look at Taylor, not far off. <laughs> 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 so, I I thought that was funny uh, in a very morose way. But, uh, yeah, uh, BTK killer, his name was Dennis Rader, and he went for decades of evading capture. Like 30 years? Yeah. Until he was caught, I want to say in like the mid two thousands. I want to say, yeah, he must have been caught by the time this came out, right? Yeah. He well, he was arrested in two thousand and five, so yeah, okay, so, yeah, would have been like just before this episode. So mm-hmm. yeah, so pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, he uh, yeah he was a pretty well known. I think like. Uh, he's probably one of the most notorious serial killers in the U.S. for sure. So, but yeah, when she was like, "Can you say BTK?" I'm like, "Oh boy." But yeah, if you look at this guy, he looks like Taylor in in a lot of ways. Like Taylor. Yeah. So, also, I mean, Taylor's kind of got some some, you know, personality traits. Maybe they could do that in the new revival. If we find out Taylor's secretly a serial killer. Yeah, serial killer. Yeah. That would be an interesting twist. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. a little, he's a little, well, speaking of serial killers, he's a, he's a little too out, he's a little too out in public with his sociopathy, so it actually mm. would surprise me as a serial killer, but I see where you're going, because I think he would have the potential. I think he, he uses sociopathy to control people in the town, but if he didn't have that control of people in the town, then he might sublimate it or turn it into serial killer behavior. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Now maybe they- Turning the second revival into a horror. <laughs> just, no. The whole town, or even like he's not, but like people start to like profile. Like it would be funny if someone came in, like got a profile, and be like, "Oh, he's definitely a serial killer," but he's not. But right. just right. They're like they're looking at all the things he does, and they're like, "You know what?" Because he because he's targeted so many people, so it'd be interesting to see what he does when he's targeted. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, favorite quote from this episode? Do you have a favorite quote? So I like that there's a therapist in this. This is actually one of the... It's one of the... Not the worst portrayals of therapy, which is impressive. <laughs> but when she... Mm. When um, Lorelai said to the therapist, I can only imagine what you could do if you had a couch. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting how many people mentioned... Asked me if I have a couch. Um, yeah, I do, but it's not like the kind you lay on. That was Freud. He was a psychiatrist and he did Freudian stuff where... Like, he basically, like, you would just talk, like, most of the time, and then he would just, like, throw some stuff in here and there. A little more than that, but it's just interesting, because I thought, I thought that's, like, what, that's what people say. You yeah. know, like, do you have a couch, or what does your couch look like, and stuff. Which I understand, because that's kind of how it's portrayed, right? In cartoons. And- 
and TV shows that there's a couch and we don't really do that. So, yeah. Uh, I have two. I can't decide. They're both great. Uh, both involve Luke. Uh, the versus when Luke says, I don't like ultimatums and Lorelai says, I don't like Mondays, but unfortunately they come around eventually. Uh, <laughs> that was great. That was good. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one was when Luke says, stop imagining me in tights, Patty. And Patty says, it's a free country, honey. Right. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So true to Patty. <laughs> yeah, it's great. She just does what she wants. Free spirit. Right. right. Um, behind the scenes trivia for this episode. Let's see if there's anything exciting. Uh, I mean, aside from this being for sure the last episode of the main show that uh, Amy Sherman Palladino was writer and executive producer. Um, we already mentioned how Sam Phillips was one of the troubadours, so that was one. Um, oh, so after this season, Warner Brothers Television, WBTV, rebranded as the CW. Uh, so oh. this was the last episode to air on what was the WB Television Network. That far back, huh? Yeah, eventually it became the CMW, which is what it is now. Um, that's right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the Troopadors featured cameos from uh, Joe Purness, the Sparks, Dave Allen Gruber, Mary Lynn Rashab, uh, Yola Tango, Sonic Youth. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, Sam Phillips, and Daniel Palladino himself actually was one of the Troopadors. Really? Yeah. So lots of little cameos with those troopadors. If you mm -hmm. go back and go check out some of them, um, apparently this is the first time we ever hear Lorelai say "I love you." Yeah, and we also have Rory that Logan says "I love you" and then she doesn't say it back. Yeah, that's a th weird thing in the show. People don't say "I love you." Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh... Oh, and then they also mentioned how um, Melora Hardin, uh, she she was in the TV series Dirty Dancing, and Emily uh, Kelly Bishop, she was in the movie version Dirty Dancing. Right. Oddly enough, the TV series came out a year after the movie. A year? Huh. Yeah. It came out in 1988, and the movie came out in 1987. Huh. So. Does it say what what network it was on? I don't remember that at all. No, not really. I gotta look at that. Oh, but that would kind of fit because she would be around that age at that time. Yeah, and the Johnny Castle role was played by Patrick Cassidy. Oh yeah, this is pretty bad the actually. What? The what role? Uh, well, Patrick Swayze's role, Johnny Castle. Uh -huh. It was played by oh. Patrick Cassidy. So. Wait, it, like, from, from, wait, Patrick Cassie, how do I know that name? Mm, let's see. What is, what is he in? He's in, am I, shall I know him? Uh, he was in Smallville. He was in Lois and Clark. Oh, uh-huh. Castle, and I'll do anything. Oh. So. Maybe. He seems like kind of oh, like so, a, yeah. a working actor, uh -huh. as they say. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm looking up. I'm looking at the pictures of. of the, I'm watching the intro of the 1988 version. I don't actually see her. But it's interesting is Paul Feig's in the nineteen eighty eight version and he's quite a well known director. Yeah. Now. So Yeah. And he directs a lot of the office episodes of Malora Hart is in. So. so and it looks like a very nineteen eighties show opening. Oh now I recognize Patrick Cassidy. Oh she looks so young, Melora Harden. I mean we yeah. were all young once. Yeah. But... We were all there at one point. Huh. All right. Oh interesting. Yeah, I don't remember that show at all. No, I didn't even realize there was a dirty dancing show, which is right. probably for good reason. But you know, probably not missing much. When I was in high school. Yeah, probably not missing much of this dirty dancing. I didn't even realize there's like a ton of dirty dancing sequels. Oh yeah. Oh, when... I mean that was a phenomenon when it came out. Because you were you you weren't born yet, were you? No. Were you just were you? Okay. I actually just. It watched, was a phenomenon when it came out. Hmm? I just watched Dirty Dancing for the first time like two years ago or something. So what did you think? Now that I mean you're, you're not. I first watched it when I was a teenager, but what did uh, you think? I liked it. It was fun. Yeah, it was. It's a good storyline. It was. It was a phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, there were like Dirty Dancing classes, and like you know, it oh. like took everybody by storm, you know, because it was right around that age. I you know, there's a cycle of. Of, I think like it really appealed to baby boomers because it was talking about their generation, mm -hmm. and so we had like um, the Big Chill, which is about their generation, and so mm -hmm. I think that you know for people that that spent like summers in the Catskills, it kind of brought back memories for people, and you see that like every you know because then they did Generation X stuff, you know, and then they're doing Millennial, you know, revisiting, and it's like every generation has that thing where you kind of do a a nostalgia movie. Yeah. See, that's kind of boomer nostalgia would be. Any mental health observations from this episode? Oh, yes. Um, the line of uh, Lorelai saying, We had a fight, I'm just punishing him. And, and Patty saying, Good for you. I mean, I understand the exchange or whatever, and, and but you know, stonewalling is never healthy. Um, that you need to just talk stuff out. Um, but I also understand that she was upset, so she doesn't want to talk to him, but just say, like, I'm punishing him. And I get that it was kind of done with, like, a little, like, touche kind of thing to it, but it was, it was, it seemed kind of um, icky. <laughs> and, and also just Taylor's need for control and power really just gets out of control. Moralized parents being invested in setting up Christopher, talk about not having boundaries, um, and, you know, trying to get her interested in Christopher again. Um, you know, and then also, was this the one where they were... Um, Talking about the building with Rory's name on it. Was yes. that this one or is that the next one? Okay. I think, yeah. So, the, you know, yeah. Oh, they're, they're not really listening to anybody about this building. And no. how awkward is that for Rory? To mm -hmm. have her own name in a building of a school she hasn't even graduated from yet. That she attends. Mm -hmm. um, and they said, well, you know, you can change the name any way you want to. But at the same time, it seems like everybody realizes if they say that to the grandparents, their grandparents going to do what they want anyway. Yeah. And, but it wasn't a real clear no, but my guess is because even if they said it's almost like if they say no, they're gonna do it more because that's kind of been their pattern. Um and then it Melora Harden's character, um, if you have a therapist that does sessions whenever people need them, yikes. Um, we need to have really good boundaries as therapists. Um mm. and really sessions whenever people need them, um, that's kind of a no no uh in therapy. We we really a healthy therapist with good boundaries might not wouldn't do that i mean it's 
it just seems, I mean, you're supposed to have, you know, you have to have a clear delineation between work and, and personal life. And we usually just wouldn't like start doing therapy. So the other thing is that there's an ethical thing of, of her doing therapy with Lorelai because she just, you know, she knows them through her family. So yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that anyway. I always thought that was interesting that she was looking at her notes while, while she was writing. And if you've been doing therapy for a while, you don't look at what you're writing. You just write. <laughs> we don't always take notes every session either. Um, I take notes the first session, but not the ones after that. Um, mm. I, I may jot stuff down, but I don't take notes like she was. But she was almost doing it like a reporter. I thought that was really funny. Like, we wouldn't, like, do it, like, in your face. You know, like, she was doing it, like, very obviously. Yeah. Um, but, um, so, again, you know, not one of the worst portrayals of therapy. I thought it actually was was pretty good. There were some things that we don't give into that much advice giving, um, usually. But I thought that was a pretty reasonable um, portrayal of it but it was interesting I, I guess they were trying to justify why Lorelai was doing this with the therapist in the car so they had the therapist say like oh I do therapy with anybody at any time and I'm like ooh that's not good um, and then eloping is a way to make a decision about a relationship you know she said once we get married everything will be fine no that's not how that works but I think a lot of people may get into that idea of things are about to fall apart so if we get married everything will work out fine um, yeah. And, and I've, I've seen the, the aftermath of that in couples therapy. Mm -hmm. Close my seconds for two. There we go. I think it's time to rate this episode. What are you thinking of a score? Both for this uh, episode and for the season as a whole. Oh, jeez. Well, I would say this episode without Christopher mm -hmm. uh, would have been like a seven for me. But with Christopher, it's a six. Um, and then the season overall, I give it a six. I thought it had some moments that were okay, but overall it didn't seem true to the whole Gilmore Girls series. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Um, gosh. I would say... Um, I don't know. There was like some moments in this that I actually like like the one that i really like is um lorelei waking up and like just not getting up but just like like you you have this like side shot of her like waking up but not quite like engaging with anybody and i think she's it's like hitting her what's happening like especially with what's happened with her and luke so i, I don't know there was like stuff like that that i liked the troubadours i liked that i'd give this episode probably uh, I want to say like an eight. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I was thinking like a seven and a half, but then I don't really mm -hmm. like, I don't really do halves that much. So I'll just bump it up to an eight. <laughs> I did have some fun with it. Um, is this the one where, where she finds out that, is this the one where she finds out that Rory tells her about the car going through the, the diner or is that the next episode? I think it's the next episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I know that's like a very like, thing of season seven of the car crashing through the diner mm. um yeah and it like i don't know this is this is probably one of the better episodes of season six although there weren't that many um i'd also give season six also a six out of ten i it's it's not great i think it, there's a lot it could have done to be better i think like just giving more interesting storylines but it doesn't really like it. it's not like season like i know we keep saying it. it's not season four three two or one but right. it really isn't because those 
they had overarching stories, but there was enough mm-hmm. in each episode to keep you kind of interested. This is so focused on the April Luke Lorelai drama, the um, all the drama to do with the um, Lorelai or uh, Lorelai or not, sorry, Rory and Logan. Uh, it's there's not as like much fun little stories in this as there are in some of the other seasons, which I think kind of kept it from being fun and interesting. You know, you don't have a fun little episode where they go dancing for 24 hours. And yeah, there was some serious stuff near the end of that episode, but you know, it's also just fun to watch everyone dance. And then you end with Kirk winning the dance battle. Like there wasn't stuff like that in this season as much. So, right. Right. I mean, that's one of the best episodes. Also too, like this season suffered from like good half of it be with Lorelai and Rory being on the quits. Like mm-hmm. I may, it may be easy to forget because it was like early on in the season, but like, I'm not just remembering like, yeah, there was like, like at least a solid nine or 10 episodes where they were fighting. And I think that kind of really made things difficult too, because it, if they had maybe resolved their things in like maybe two or three episodes, I think it would have been better, but they really dragged right. that out quite a bit. Right. It seemed to be like any be filler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, onwards to season seven. Um, all right. Well, stuff you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. Uh, and it's recovering from toxic relationships. Uh, right? Healing from toxic relationships. Healing you can pre order on Amazon. Yeah. I saw the book cover on, on Instagram. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's they did a, a really good job of the book cover. Yeah, it looks great. So. Definitely recommend people go check that out. You can get your pre-orders in. You have something to read when you're on your vacation, like I did with stuff. Like you did with the gaslighting book, yeah. 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 So. Cool. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now. Bye.